On this week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast, we're going to be talking about how you can give your prospects a gentle nudge without being pushy. My name is Paul Castain from Castain Training Systems, and I'm the author of the YourSalesPlaybook.com blog and your host for the Sales Playbook Podcast. I've personally trained over 50,000 sales reps, sales leaders, and business owners to sell more. So get your playbooks ready, because school is now in session. This week's episode of the Sales Playbook Podcast is brought to you by our fourth quarter resource, going to be talking all about it at the end of the podcast. If you happen to be impatient like I am and you'd like to learn more, feel free to visit YourSalesPlaybook.com slash finish strong. All right, so let's get right down to business. And I think this is a very timely episode this week because here we are. It's the fourth quarter. I mean, wow, it's already November. Time is of the essence, and we uh, we want to keep those deals moving along. But how do you give that prospect, you know, that gentle nudge without being pushy or even being salesy or just always, you know, calling to quote unquote follow up, always, um, you know, circling back or you know just checking in. How do you possibly give them that little gentle nudge, you know, stay top of mind without just, you know, being typical? So that's where we're going to go today. So I want to just sort of cue this episode up by saying something that I really believe. And I believe that the time between our meetings is when our deals are most at risk. Why? Because, you know, I mean, we're not there, so to speak, right? We're not in a meeting with them. If you think about it, theoretically, the time when we have most of that potential client's attention is when we're in a meeting, when we're on a phone call with them. So what about that time between the meetings? Well, a lot of things can happen. I mean, first of all, there's a ton of distractions, right? There's a lot going on in the world right now, too, that could take their attention off of the deal, and therefore the deal could lose some some important momentum. You can, you're, I think you're most prone to uh, the influence, or they're most prone to the influence from your competitors, also, you know, you, not only do you have the competitors influencing them, but you could have other stakeholders now influencing them. So what do we do about it? So we really want to have a communication plan in place that kicks in between meetings. Now, I would hope that most of the people listening to this podcast right now have some kind of, I call it a communication map, right? Many of you also call it a prospecting cadence or a prospecting sequence. And it's it's simply, you know, a guideline of, of what those contacts are going to look like when you're hunting the business, right? When you haven't gotten in front of them yet. And for some, it might be, all right, well, what I usually do is... I, I lead off with an email, then I wait a certain amount of time, and then, you know, maybe I call or whatever. I mean, sadly, most people, I'm, I'm about to go off on a rant, by the way, sadly, most people 
they send an email, then they send another email, then they send another email, and many times it's the same email, just forwarded again with a little note, you know, circling back. That's awful, by the way. So you have a sequence there to kind of get in front of them, and I would hope that most of the people listening to this podcast, as I said before, would have something in place, like a map, but where a lot of salespeople fall short is okay you had you know somewhat of a game plan a communication map a sequence a cadence figured out to get in front of the potential client but what happens once you start meeting with them what's that sequence that map look like so your assignment this week and then i'm going to give you two ways that you can kind of give that gentle nudge that i alluded to before your assignment is to create a communication map for that time between meetings so that you can stay top of mind. The good news is, is that you'll get two things you could add to that communication map right now. But it's going to be up to you to kind of come up with that map, if you will. And I want to be clear, we're not talking about to get a get that initial meeting, right? We're talking about all right, what do I do once I've met with them, once I've had, you know, that Zoom meeting? What what happens next? And I know a lot of the time that's going to be dictated by what transpires in the meeting, but just as a general guideline, I mean, you know, after that meeting, in fact, I'm going to give one to you, and then I'm going to shut up because I want, seriously, I really want to teach you to fish here and not feed your belly. So, you know, I mean, let's start with the real basic thing. After that meeting, you know, maybe a simple thank you slash recap of, of what you discussed, right? Discussed. And what that could be is that maybe that's going to be step number one on the communication map. But there's other things you got to have in there to kind of keep kind of bumping into them, creating my favorite word in the whole wide world, propinquity, where we have that sense of nearness and closeness and even kinship by definition of, of the word propinquity, by the way. And um, so your first thing is an assignment. Now I'm going to give you two things. And also two, don't be a lazy bastard and not do that assignment. Seriously. This, by the way, here comes rant number two. You think I was in a foul mood, but I'm really actually in a good mood. One of my biggest complaints about free shit like this right now on the podcast is when it's free shit, a lot of the time, you guys, and and I'm just saying you guys, I shouldn't say you guys, I'm going to say people in general so that nobody gets all butthurt about what I'm going to say, but a lot, and no, actually screw it, you know, you guys, I'm going to say, I am going to point a finger because it's free shit. You don't take it seriously and you don't do it. But I guarantee you, you go and get some skin in the game and you invest in yourself and you take one of my courses, you hire me as a coach or whatever. You take that shit seriously. Why? Because why would you just throw money if you're not going to do the work, right? So it's like suddenly more valuable. But seriously, this this advice I'm giving you, take it. So that's number one. You have that assignment. But the second tactic It's pretty cool, and it is the easiest thing to do, and I call it the delayed response email. The delayed response email. All it is, I mean, think about like what I'm calling it, delayed response. It is, in fact, a delayed response. Aren't I a creative genius in the names 
that I that I used to label these tactics. What a, what a creative genius this guy Castain is, right? But seriously, it's called delay response because you're going to delay your response to an email. Let me tell you how this would play out. Let's say you've met with a prospect and now it's maybe the follow-up, right? And they're answering an email that you send them you know, saying that, all right, you know, I'm going to get back to you on Thursday with that information or whatever it is, right? So our reflex to that would be usually in the moment that we're reading that email to kind of reply, oh, thanks, and, you know, look forward to speaking with you or some variety of that. Don't do it. Do not do it. Do not reply right away. Delay the response. And let's just say they're getting back to you Thursday, You could delay it in any number of ways, but two to consider could be the day before if they need a little time to get it together. You know, just simply reply then. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. Looking forward to, you know, see what you uh, were, you know, what information you were able to gather on that or whatever tomorrow or wait until Thursday and Thursday morning, then you reply back. And what happens is it becomes a little gentle nudge. You see, you're not being a dick here. You're simply replying to the email. But the reply to the email now kind of reminds them like, oh, shit, I was supposed to do that, right? Haven't you ever had something like that? I mean, by the way, you can't tell me that this has never been like either you've never done something like this, maybe not realizing what you're what you're doing or somebody's done it to you or have you ever had that where you get a reply afterwards and you're like oh my god i forgot i was supposed to do that so that's the first thing the delayed response email this next one that i want you to consider uh once again because i'm a creative genius and and truly i didn't know what the hell to call this tactic i call it um one more thing one more thing, not not in the spirit of, uh, you know, Steve Jobs or anything, how we always did one more thing, which was kind of a cool uh, demo technique, if you will. But I call this one one more thing because what I do is I take I take something that they expressed a great deal of interest in. And ideally, it's going to be either a quote unquote pain point or you guys if you've been listening to me for a while i'm not all about this you know find the pain shit i'm really not i think it's a very limited type of mindset um yes the bulk of the people out there um i've read reports of as much as 70 percent of decision makers make a decision to eliminate and or avoid you know something that we would classify as a pain point But you see, there's that other 30%. And that other 30%, they make purchases for gain, right? And, you know, maybe to embrace an opportunity. So hopefully in your needs analysis and in your discovery calls, you're not just trying to find pain. You're also trying to identify gain. So what you're going to do now with this one more thing approach. Take something that they've expressed an interest in. You know, preferably, again, it's something where they said, you know, we got to get rid of this pain point or, you know, we really, we, you know, things are going well, but we'd ideally like to do better or we'd like to do this or gain that or whatever. So what I do now with the one more thing approach and in order to use it as a little gentle nudge is 
I reach out to them typically typically through an email with and and there's something really cool that I do by the way in that email so I don't want you to think oh yeah just what's what's sexy about another effing email right um we're gonna show you sexy man so um what I do then is get back to them with additional info to kind of you know solidify the value of my solution so let me give you an example you guys know I'm a sales trainer right and if you don't guess what I'm a sales trainer now you know and I also do obviously one-on-one coaching and courses and all kinds of cool shit so let's say I'm talking to a company that is looking to have me create an entire um, onboarding program which I've you know, several times a year I do for companies. You're hiring, you know, this 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 potential client wants to hire me as um, kind of a consultant and somebody who's going to create and facilitate an onboarding program for brand spanking new sales reps. So, you know, we've now met, we've talked about some things, but now in my discovery, I find out that they've been having a hard time you know, attracting some rock stars into the organization. All of a sudden, there I am thinking about the the account, and I realize that you know what? There's actually ways that they can use a training program as something that they can kind of dangle in front of a potential uh, employee as a selling point for coming to work with them. You know, like in other words, like you're going to be able to do your best work here because we're going to train you to be lethal and you know i don't know maybe i'm crazy here but if i'm going into a company and you're actually going to show me how i can make more money i don't know man that that's kind of attractive to me so that's what i mean by kind of the one more thing but wait so what if now i'm thinking about this and i'm like you know what I could actually show them how they could use that training program to attract uh, you know, better candidates and, and things like that because uh, there actually are ways that you can do that. So what I'm going to do now is I call it a potato chip demo, right? And this is all part of the one more thing approach. And what I do, you could do it several ways, but I'll just give you two for now. Either you could use something called Vidyard, uh, V-I-D-Y-A-R-D, which allows you to shoot a very brief video on your phone and then embed it into the body of an email so that you've been in uh, communication with this prospect, you shoot this very quick video and you send it to him. But now in the video, now you can walk, I call it a potato chip demo because we want to give them just enough to make them hungry and pique their interest, but we're not going to feed their belly. Just like a lot like a potato chip. You can't eat just one. We don't want them to consume just one of these uh, these little demos, right? We want to get back, have another conversation with them, ideally face-to-face, as they would say. So what I can do now is just a very short video and I could send it to the person and I can kind of go, you know, I was thinking of one more thing. You were saying how you really want to be able to attract some better candidates. And although you might be thinking that, well, you know, Paul would come in on the onboarding. There's a way that we can kind of talk about this program 
and even give them a sneak peek into what they could expect that would actually entice them to come on board. I could show you how to actually sell it to people that are looking to come on board. And again, a very brief type of video, right? So that's one way you could do it. Embed it into the email by using something like Vidyard, but there's another way. And the other way, all of us use some kind of, of platform like a WebEx or Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever it is. And what you can do is you could sort of pre-record and I don't even want to use the word webinar because right away you're going to be thinking, nah, I mean, like, who the hell has time to listen to something 60 minutes? No, 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 no. Remember, potato chip, we're not looking to fill the belly. We could pre-record something on a WebEx for like, you know, three minutes, five minutes at most. You have a couple of slides and you can kind of, you know, with that one more thing approach, you can kind of talk about that pain point and how your solution helps them. Talk about that gain point and how your solution could get them there quicker or whatever. You could do something instructional or purely highlighting that particular feature of your solution. And you could do that in this little mini webinar, if you will. Again, to be clear, I really shouldn't have used the word webinar right there because right away you may be thinking, oh shit, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Remember, no. Think potato chip, not looking to fill the belly. We just want to make them hungry to keep the process going, keep the momentum going. So three to five minutes at most. Now, what these two things allow you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is to you know, give them that gentle nudge without being pushy and at a minimum, not being typical with this calling to check in or I'm circling back, I'm following up, wanted to see if you made a decision. That stuff is typical. It is boring. And I'm also here to tell you, when you do that other stuff, you might be creating. You ready for this? Seriously, I want you to listen to this next thing because I had to learn this one the hard way. You might be creating a very bad stimulus response type of scenario, right? Stimulus, you call them to circle back or to check in or whatever. Response, still haven't decided yet. Or really the response most of the time when you got that vibe going on is they see your name on the caller ID, they don't answer. You know, they blow off your emails or whatever. You are conditioning them to disregard and delete you. So what we want to do is kind of interrupt that pattern by having different types of communication. One way is certainly the potato chip uh, demo and, you know, kind of that by the way approach that we were talking about. And the other way to give them the nudge is the delayed uh, email, the delayed response email. So there you have it. Two very simple things. Don't forget you have an assignment and you don't have to hand it in to me. Right, I kind of reserve that for my one-on-one coaching clients, but for for your own use. And not only do this uh, assignment where you're creating a communication plan for between your meetings, right? Not just to get in front of them and set the initial appointment. What happens then, though? Once you meet with them, what is that communication and follow-up going to look like? Today, you got two more things you could do, right? I kind of gave you an example before where I talked about kind of sending a recap. Wow, that's three things already. Not one of those things sounds like calling a follow-up, right? Calling the check-in. 
So, but the rest is up to you. And then what I would do is kind of turn this into a meeting for your sales team and, you know, put that out there. Hey, everybody, let's all individually create a communication map to take place between meetings and then we'll share it. We'll steal from each other and, you know, just kind of go from there. That's how you could really accelerate your learning. So if you found value in today's podcast, I want to remind you of something that, well, first of all, Remember, everything you've learned today is completely freaking useless. And I'm, I'm dead serious. It is. And I don't mind saying it, even I'm the guy that wrote the material for today. It's useless until you do something with it. Don't just sit here like with me on in the background and you're on the bike or you're on the treadmill or, yeah, I don't know, you're going for a walk or whatever. You've really got to take action because otherwise just, you know, you, you got to move it from like consuming all this stuff to actually doing something with it. But if you found value in this, consider the fourth quarter resource that I've been talking about. And the fourth quarter resource that I have, it's something that's going to help you. Number one, get in front of more opportunities. I think that is incredibly important in the fourth quarter because there's usually so much emphasis on closing business that we, you know, and, and losing people in the pipeline, either disqualifying them out or they bought, which is awesome, but you just lost your best prospect. We're doing so much of that that we're not putting additional things into uh, the pipeline. And then all of a sudden, January comes around and we're starting the first quarter of 2023 under the gun. So the first thing this resource will do is help you get in front of more opportunities next the second thing that it's going to do is help you get more deals across the finish line faster very important in the fourth quarter the last thing that it does certainly not least is that remember before i said there's such an emphasis on closing that we don't think about you know opening up new opportunities right but the other thing that this is going to do this resource is help you maximize your existing account potential. Think about it. So we're so busy out there trying to close new business. We're so, hopefully, we're also busy out there trying to get in front of new opportunities that sometimes we forget about those accounts that we have right now and opportunity that's there and that can be very dangerous to you because if you're not guarding them and you're not in tune with them i think you are you know making yourself incredibly vulnerable to your competitors so in addition to those three areas the other thing that we do is that going to be obviously sharing a lot of templates subject lines all kinds of uh bonus uh bonus extras for you so if uh you'd like to learn more and i hope you do i want you to visit yoursalesplaybook.com slash finish strong yoursalesplaybook.com slash finish strong with that i'm paul castain from your i am wishing you an incredible week ahead go get them the sales playbook podcast is a castain trading systems production subscribe to our free sales tips by visiting your slash subscribe